Good morning, Fitzroy. Good morning, Fitzroy. It's Mira here. Welcome to this Sunday worship. Have a great day. Bye. Good morning, Fitzroy. Good morning. I'm Christine Burnett. And I'm Gary Burnett, and this is Sophie Burnett. Welcome to Fitzroy Morning Worship. Good morning, Fitzroy. This is Muriel saying hello and welcome. Although we're still apart, it's great that we can worship together as brothers and sisters in Christ. May God bless you and enrich you today. And welcome to Fitzroy Sunday Service, wherever you are in the world and whenever you're watching and listening. A few announcements. We're, we're back in church life. We're beginning to pick up in church life. And I have to say that um, for me and for Janice, we're just beginning to do that now. Of course, we came back from holidays a, week or, a few weeks ago. But um, we have been uh, getting Jasmine ready to go off to university and left her at uh, the University of Reading. Um, last weekend. I'm sharing that because some people in the congregation probably are unaware of it. Um, That uh, chit chat and that word of mouth is gone. And uh, just for your information, although uh, she'll be glad to know that we've had a few false starts to the service this morning. And that's maybe because she's not lying on the floor here helping Alison and I with the sound. Uh, Anyway, uh, prayers for all of our students going away. Some have been away now for a couple of weeks. Some are, are ready to go over the next week. And as you know, with the pandemic and the news as it is, um, some are finding themselves in difficult situations. As a former chaplain, um, for freshers to arrive in somewhere and be isolated or the threat of isolation or the threat of not getting home for Christmas. And I'm not just talking about the anger of mothers there. I'm talking about the, uh, the freshers themselves. Those are extra hurdles that our students are facing this year. So uh, if you know those in Fitzroy, please uh, pray for them, which leads me seamlessly into a couple of announcements. First of all, uh, check out our youth work and our children's work online um, on the website uh, through Facebook and whatever else. There's some things there for you, resources for you, and news about uh, how some of the youth work is going to try to begin over this next uh, period of time. And also the prayer meeting will start again, the Zoom prayer time on Tuesday night. I'll be sending out invitations Invitations for that. If you were in last year's invitation list, you will get an invite uh, in the next couple of days. If you want to be added to that, um, please let me know in whatever way you can. Also to say then that uh, if you want to give to Fitzroy, no offering plate again today, then online seems to be easier. We've changed that a little bit. So if you go on the website, you will be easy. Uh, you will find um, find it easier to do that. And again, thanking many people for um, what's been happening uh, in the giving over the course of these six months. Next week, we are hoping that we might gather in Fitzroy the Every day in the news, you're looking for something else. And who knows, we may be closed down before we get there. But the idea is that next week we will gather in Fitzroy. And at the end of this service, after the benediction, I will be giving us instruction as to how to do that. Um, The first thing that I will give in the instruction is that you have to apply by email 
at 12 o'clock today. So that's Sunday the 27th. If you're not watching this live, then this message is useless to you. And it will be first come, first serve. And I'll tell you at the end of the service um, what we might be doing on that. I think a couple of things um, before we get to the end of the service that I'd like to do now is maybe to say that it's not going to be the connection that you're used to. You're not going to be sitting in the same seat that you sit in normally. Um, you're not going to be sitting around the people that you normally sit around or near people that you sit around, nor be encouraged to talk to anybody else in the building during the service. Um, so connection um, will be hopefully maybe the right agenda. will not be connecting as much horizontally as vertically with God. There might be some benefits in that. But what I'm saying on that is that uh, I've already been beginning to think and talking to one or two of you to see whether we can put in the connection because church and fellowship is about connection. It's not just about singing songs or gathering in a building. These are the challenges uh, that ministers and leaders have at this time. And there will be announcements over the course of the next while as we try to make places that everybody could maybe start connecting with each other or continue to connect with each other as you have been doing. A couple of final things. Thank you to the grounds team, uh, the cleaning team, uh, the volunteers, because there isn't a team who came down last weekend and cleaned up the front of the church six months without anybody taking those weeds out. Uh, it was quite a job and you have done a great job. And Thank you so much for that. And to Steve Gregg and Roberta Clotworthy for the work they have put in over these last two weeks and will again this week to get us into the building for next Sunday. Maybe only I will ever know how much work that was. So thanking them for that. Let's just be still as we come to worship. God, we pray that we would be still and know that you are God. And that you're here, Emmanuel, with us as we journey through our wilderness like the children of Israel journeyed through their wilderness and asked, was God with them or not? Sometimes we're asking the same question. We thank you that we can be still and know that you are God. May we know the reality of that. May you inspire and encourage us to that reality in our service today, in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning. Steve has asked that in our prayers today, we would um, focus on the inner world of our hearts, especially how we encounter God in times of difficulty, perhaps the personal wilderness or even in the valley of the shadow. So as we turn to prayer, uh, we're going to draw on Psalm 46 to help us with this. Because uh, there the Lord says to us that even in the face of the worst destruction that we could imagine, he says, be still and know that I am God. So in order to do that, I'm going to ask you to take a few moments throughout the prayer to be still, to silence the uh, tape, as it were, that's running in your head and to listen. It's interesting that the word silent, the letters of it, can be rearranged to create the word listen. So when I say be still and know that I am God, we're just going to take a few moments each time to listen. So let us pray. Father, our hearts are turned towards you today in worship and gratitude, especially for your eternal goodness and faithfulness to us. Thank you that you know us completely. You know our coming and our going, our joys and our sorrows. We praise and thank you today for the consistency of your love towards us and for us. We also thank you that it is your deepest desire that we tell you how it is, that we come as we are. You are Emmanuel, God with us. So there's nothing hidden from you today as we come to prayer. Father, for some of us, we are in the valley of the shadow. The clouds above us are dark, perhaps all-consuming. Our pain is deep and raw, blocking out all sense of you. Our heads are crying out to the void, Where are you, Lord? Our sorrow is so deep that we fear we might drown in it. Father, we thank you that even when we have no sense of you, your spirit whispers to us, I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says, Do not fear, I will help you. Be still and know that I am God. Lord Jesus, your promise to us uh, as you prepared to leave this world was that in you we would encounter peace. This is your gift to us, a peace that passes all understanding. And so in the words of singer-songwriter Josh Baldwin, we pray. In the land of our hearts, when the waters of our fears begin to rise, in the valley of our minds, on the road unknown, when the shadows of our doubts are closing in, you are the light that brings us home. This peace won't let me go. Be still 
and know that I am God. The days we are in, Lord, are strange and very unsettling. How do we live the life of faith and love and hope in times that are so unpredictable, when all that is familiar has been wrenched from us? As individual disciples and as the community of your church in Fitzroy and beyond, we seek your grace. That holy grace that will do in us what we cannot do for ourselves. Father, build in us a renewed confidence in who you are. Knowing that nothing of what we are experiencing has caught you by surprise. We can and will trust you. You are our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in times of trouble. Be still and know that I am God. Father, today we choose to rest in the assurance that you are our God and that by turning full-faced to you, we open our souls to life in all its fullness, even when we're in the valley of the shadow. Good morning. The reading is taken from Exodus chapter 17 verses 1 to 7 and it's entitled Water from the Rock. At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place. Eventually they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water there for the people to drink. So once more, the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me? And why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children and our livestock with thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What should I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Walk out in front of the people. Take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. Strike the rock, 
and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told and water gushed out as the elders looked on. Moses named the place Massa, which means test, and Meribah, which means arguing, because the people of Israel argued with Moses and tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord here with us or not? Last Sunday morning, I was preaching on the children of Israel in the wilderness. Now, I have to confess to you, we were leaving Jasmine to her halls of residence last weekend. And on the Sunday morning, arranged to leave her in some stuff. At the time, we should have been watching the service. So last Sunday, the Stockmans weren't listening at the right time. But as we were leaving Jasmine, I became aware that the service was just about ended because my mind's still in it. 
And we took a couple of turns. We come out of Wessex Halls at the University of Reading and we made a couple of turns. We're, we're less than half a mile away from, from the halls that Jasmine has moved into. And there it was in front of me. We turned into Wilderness Road. How incredibly appropriate. Wilderness Road just after I preached on wilderness. The lectionary readings this week keep us in the wilderness. I think it's a really good place for us to be, particularly in this past week. You know, Tuesday, we were worried about what Boris might be saying at eight o'clock. We were worried about what Arlene and Michelle might say after that. We're constantly watching the news to see whether there's spikes, what the local lockdowns are. We're constantly wrestling with what we can do, what we can't do, and what the future might hold. Many of us with children just starting universities, really anxious that at this particular time in their lives, they should have to face the possibility of being isolated in halls of residence in their first couple of weeks. There's a lot of wilderness feeling and experience around us. And in fact, my friend Brendan Mulgrew, uh, I think it was Tuesday last week or Wednesday morning, I think it was actually Tuesday, tweeted, this is a day full of bad news. Where is the light? And I thought, there's a challenge for Sunday sermon. This is a day of bad news. Where is the light? That's 2020. COVID-19 pandemic wilderness. The children of Israel, as June read to us earlier on from Exodus chapter 17, are asking the question, is the Lord among us or not? That's what they would have been tweeting or social mediaing when they were walking through the wilderness. Oh, this week it's not about food. They're not hungry this week. They're thirsty this week. They can't get any clean water. And so the issue of the grumbling and the lack of trust this week is in water. But this is a day full of bad news. Where is the light? Is the Lord among us or not? These are questions that the children of Israel were asking thousands of years ago and that we probably have the right to be asking right now in this pandemic. I've asked Andrew uh, Patterson, a friend of mine who has a friend of Fitzroy, he's sung at many of our Sunday evening events. Uh, to sing a Rich Mullins song. He actually sang it at the Rich Mullins tribute that we did a few years ago um, to mark uh, the 20th anniversary of uh, Rich's passing. It's an amazing song. It's called Hard to Get. And it's uh, maybe you feel like this. It's a song where Rich is saying, oh, now that you're in heaven, have you forgotten us? You're playing hard to get, God. Do you remember us down here? Oh, you who are in radiance, do you ever think of us? All you in eternity, do you ever think of us who live in time? It walks us through some of the issues that we might have on an everyday basis in the pilgrimage of wilderness of our lives. And it's asking, it's just saying to God, look, you seem to be, you seem to be hard to get. It's a glorious song with a wonderful twist in its tail. And Andrew's going to sing it for us now. Do you remember when 
So I think in our wilderness reading today that the children of Israel are finding God hard to get. Now, in some ways, that's understandable because here we are, I think, finding God hard to get. Uh, this is a bad news day. Where is the light? We're asking uh, millenniums later. But here's the there's two differences, it seems to me, between what we're going through and how we're going through it and where the children of Israel were in the wilderness. The first one, um, the children of Israel are coming out of restrictions. They're coming out of enslavement. They're coming out of the oppression of Egypt. They're coming out of a, a world that had them captive. And they're coming through a wilderness experience towards freedom. They are coming, releasing their restrictions, getting rid of their chains on their exodus. We, on the other hand, have been living pretty much with freedoms, maybe too many freedoms for the last number of years. And we're coming through a wilderness of restriction. So there's a wee bit of difference in the journeys that we're coming to and from. But I think in a moment or two, I'll point out that in the place that we are, as they come from restriction into freedom, and as we are struggling from freedom into more restrictions, there's something common in the middle of that. The other thing, of course, is that we're reading an Old Testament text, an ancient scriptural text of a narrative of people coming through a wilderness experience and finding some insights and clues to that. They didn't have the scriptural text they were writing it. They were living it. They were not able to say, well, who is the God of whatever? Because there was no scriptures for them at this stage to do study in or to have a sermon in. So a little bit of sympathy for the children of Israel here, because as they begin to shape God, they are shaping God without the revelation that we have at our disposal to shape God through our pandemic. Those are a few of the similarities and differences that we have here. I'm going to use for a moment Shawshank Redemption, the movie, to try and get us to exegete where this wilderness experience is for the children of Israel. If you haven't seen the movie, um, you need to go and see the movie. Uh, You need to just wherever it is in Netflix or wherever you watch movies, you need to get Shawshank. Um, it's It's a marvelous movie. This guy is falsely accused of murdering his wife and ends up uh, in this very, very hardcore prison. It's a Stephen King book that became a movie and it's about the life in this prison. And one of the things that I think um, when when I watch the movie and I watch it endlessly, um, I always think of Exodus as I'm watching it. So I'm loving this that I can actually bring it into the Sunday sermon. There's a bit in the movie, Andy is the guy who's been falsely accused and is in prison. And he meets Red, who in the book, in the novel, is actually Irish. But in the film, he's played by Morgan Freeman, who's not at all Irish. And then there's uh, another uh, host of characters around them. Uh, and there's a moment in it where, well, well, I'll tell you what, let me, let me tell you the next bit first. Brooks is one of the guys who's been in the longest, uh, 50 years in prison. And he's finally released And as he goes out into the real world, it shows you the difference of 50 years. Now, I I think it's set maybe in in the 50s, the movie. Um, But cars are on the streets and um, he just can't deal with the speed of life and the changes of life. And he's 50 years older and it's very, very difficult. And so Brooks, in the end, um, as many in those days did, um, takes his own life. 
he had his freedom, but he couldn't live without the restrictions of prison. And there's a moment uh, in the movie around this time where uh, Andy and Red are uh, in discussing Brooks's taking of his life. And uh, Red says with all his wisdom, do you know, at first you hate these walls and then you get used to them and eventually you depend on them. And I wonder if that was the way for the children of Israel. Oh, slavery, they hated it. Then they got used to it. And eventually they learned to depend on it. And so when the walls of restriction of slavery in Egypt were taken away, they are going through what Brooks went through when he was set free in Shawshank Redemption. They can't deal with the freedom because it's actually a serious culture shock to them. This is a world that's so radically different from Egypt. Yes, they have their freedoms, but there's all kinds of other things going on around them. And they're not in the promised land yet. They're going through all of this stuff. It is a culture shock. If you know what culture shock's like, um, it's funny because as I thought about culture shock this week, I suppose one of the culture shocks uh, I always have is when I go to the States, it's driving on the other side of the road. Um, I've had some culture shock experiences of that. But culture shock's a bit different than just the unfamiliar. Culture shock is when you're unaware of it almost, that you've been leaning on walls and you've been leaning on scaffolding and structure that has basically shaped your life. And when those are taken away, you suddenly begin to go, you fall apart because the structures aren't there. It's happened to me in stores where shops even using the word stores um you, you just it happened to me more in canada on sabbatical than it's ever happened in africa actually maybe because in africa i'm alert to culture shock and it's so obvious the culture shock but in canada it seemed the same but it really wasn't the same and there's moments when you just begin and you, you just mentally begin to fall apart and that can happen emotionally and everything else children of israel are going through this wilderness experience and they're in culture shock. It's so different that they can't quite come to terms with the different. Is God here or not? I wonder if we're feeling that ourselves, that we're in a bit of a culture shock, that some of the freedoms that we have, every time you watch the news, there's people, I, I just don't know how we can live. We, we can't go out to restaurants. Oh my goodness me, we have to only talk to one family. It's just terrible. And, and 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 it's the it, we're just struggling with difference. We're we're struggling with the the walls that we're used to, the things that we're used to. So in the summer, we had a situation where I was uh, up in the uh, forest walking around. Uh, we walk uh, Jed in the forest in Bally Castle. It's it's high, it's steep, it's keeps you fit. And there's very few people there, so Jed can run freely and look for a few deer and whatever else. Well, this one night we met one guy and he's cycling up towards us and we're coming down the hill at this stage and he's coming up the hill on this bike. And as he passes us, he says, oh, I know you. I listened to your thought for the day on the radio. Now I'm going, how do you know me? The thought for the day is on the radio. You don't see my face, fella. How do you know it's me? Anyway, uh, about maybe half an hour later, we're both doing a circle and we meet again and he gets off his bike and I walk towards him and I shake his hand and say, Steve Stockman, who are you? 
culture shock. I, I, I went back to the walls and the scaffolding. I shook his hand and Janice after it said, don't think you should have been doing that. There's all these things, all these things going on that we can't do, that we could do. And we are going through a little bit of a culture shock six months in. That's what the children of Israel were experiencing. And in the middle of this, when I was in Wilderness Road last week, and I got back to the hotel and I tweeted that I was. Uh, my friend Clive um, from down in Newry, he's an English man, Clive Price, and, and he came across to live in Newry, ask him, not me. And Clive put up that he only learned recently that you could, you could uh, say encounter for wilderness. That's interesting. That the wilderness for the children of Israel is encounter. Here they are in culture shock. Here they are out of the scaffolding and the walls and the shapes that they had around them. And what they're doing in this wilderness experience is they're encountering God in new ways. Is God with us or not? That's their question because they're having to encounter God in ways that reshape the paradigm that they have of God and that they actually need a bit of a paradigm shift in the middle of all this. Back to Shawshank Redemption. After Brooks gets out, eventually Red gets out. Ends up in the same room as Brooks was in to live and to sleep when he was given his freedom. And there's that moment in the film where you're going, no, don't do what Brooks did. And Red's very close to doing what Brooks did. But he doesn't. He doesn't. Why does he not? Well, Andy in the movie has talked the whole way through about hope. Hope is the best of things and the best of things never die. And hope, uh, Andy has given Red a hope. He has said to him that when he gets out, he needs to come and find him. And he has given him a place in the countryside where he's going to leave him a message as to where he is. Red has hope. Red has something outside of the circumstances that Brooks had, something that's almost transcendent, something that's beyond his control, something extra. And so he goes and it's a wonderful scene where he goes and he finds this tin and he opens the tin and in the tin is this little bit of money. It's not a little bit of money. It's quite a bit of money and a ticket to this place in Mexico where Andy has gone and set up his life. Red gets through the culture shop, with a paradigm shift of hope. Now, it's not explicitly God, but with Stephen King's work, actually you might be surprised how much God is in there. It's implicitly God. So the children of Israel are in these circumstances, but they have something transcendent. In the middle of their culture shop, they begin to reshape God because God is with them. Emmanuel. There is the light to the bad news. Emmanuel. Now, can we go back? What year was it? I have been, I have done, I think, somebody's going to tell me I'm wrong here, 59 New Year's Eve. And the first one that I refused to say Happy New Year was 2020s. I wasn't happy with Happy New Year. I was sure we would get bad news. I had no idea what was coming down the road. 
But the number of you that have thanked me for saying Emmanuel New Year rather than Happy New Year is amazing. I, I think it can only be a God thing. So as we get through this pandemic, we need to remember Emmanuel. As Red had the hope that Brooks didn't and that the hope was the transcendent that saw him through his wilderness, we have the truth of Emmanuel, God with us. It's not just for Christmas, it's for all year round. And this is a time of encounter. This wilderness experience is a time of paradigm shift. There may be ways that we will get to know God that we haven't got to know God before. Are we depending on God a little bit more? Are we praying to God a little bit more? Are we asking what God's priorities for life are with a little bit more focus and intention than we did when everything was safe? Are we not able anymore to salve our souls by going to the shops? Are we seeking God's solace, God's presence? Are we seeking Emmanuel more than we ever have? Are we seeking God's guidance more than we ever have? Is this time of wilderness, is this time of pandemic an adventure of pilgrimage for us, an opportunity for us to find God in new ways? Because God's not playing hard to get. God's not out in heaven or in radiance or in eternity. God is Emmanuel with us. And as Andy's song or Rich's song that Andrew sang for us early on says, it's not that God's playing hard to get when we don't think we can see him or hear him or feel him or we're looking at light. It's actually that his ways are hard for us to get. The lyrics of the song, let me remind you. And I know you bore our sorrows and I know you feel our pain and I know it would not hurt any less even if it could be explained. Those words are incredible. It wouldn't hurt any less, even if it could be explained. The song goes on. And I know that I'm only lashing out at the one who loves me most. And after I figured this somehow, all I really need to know is if you who live in eternity hear the prayers of those of us who live in time. We can't see what's ahead. And we cannot get free of what we've left behind. I'm reeling from these voices that keep screaming in my ears all the words of shame and doubt and blame and regret. I can't see how you're leading me unless you've led me here where I'm lost enough to let myself be led. And so you've been here all along, I guess. It's just your ways and you are just playing hard to get whether it's the children of Israel in the wilderness. What about those words? I can't see how you're leading me unless you've led me here, where I'm lost enough to let myself be led. Could those be our words in pandemic? Do we need to find ourselves for a period of our lives lost enough so that we might reshape a paradigm shift of God and understand his leading? This week, because of all the news about isolation in university halls and the possibility that they might lock students down at Christmas, thinking of Jasmine and that little room of hers in Reading, I just looked up at God and said, give us a vaccine now. 
And I sensed God saying, Steve, I'll give you the vaccine when it's time to give you the vaccine. But in the meantime, here's encounter. Here is a reshaping of me. I'm saying to you that the words of the song, I can't see you're leading me unless you've led me here where I'm lost enough to let myself be led. And so you've been here all along, I guess, Emmanuel. It's just your ways and you that are playing hard to get. Oh, yeah, this is a bad day full of bad news. Where is the light? Is the Lord among us or not? Emmanuel, we're in culture shock, but it could be a paradigm shift. And we could reshape lots of stuff about God that we haven't grasped yet. Because it's not God that's hard to get. It's understanding his ways and our hard heads and hearts and souls that are hard to get.
thank you again for being with us. Thank you for using us as a resource. Why not just go on Facebook or Twitter or some other social media and share the service with others so that others uh, might benefit from the resource as well. And as we go into another week of who knows what, let us pray a benediction. Father God, may we encounter you in these strange times. Lord Jesus, be a tangible Emmanuel. Holy Spirit, lead us into the ways of God that for us can be hard to get. Amen. So we are hoping that many of us will gather in Fitzroy next Sunday. In fact, as you have been watching, if you've been watching live, uh, the committee and session have tried to do a wee dummy run at it to see all the systems and have them in place for next Sunday. Just a, a couple of words as I invite you to gather next Sunday. Um, the service um, will be more reflective and worshipful. Um, I, at this moment in time, I'm kind of intending to do something similar with the sermon in uh, the church building that I do online, but that 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 could change depending on how I feel the spirit lead. I guess and uh, down through the years, Janice always said when I preached three sermons. You know, there's some churches this morning that have three services and uh, you do the same sermon. And Janice said uh, none of those three services bore any resemblance to each other, even though they were from the same text. But we will see about that. But it'll be very different around it than the online. Um, the worship will be very reflective. There will be a couple of pieces sung. Um, you will have to wear your mask so so you can sing quietly behind your mask. But we won't be singing "And Can It Be" or "My Lighthouse" uh, because we we want to keep it keep it reflective, um, and that changes the dynamic of the ambience uh, of the service a little bit. And there will be no connection with each other, pretty much. <clears throat> the connection will be with God, and therefore the reflectiveness. Um, will will bear that, um, and the the service will begin as you enter the building. I'm coming to that now in a moment, but just to say at the outset that the service um, will have begun as you walk in. The very first people who walk in, who will be led right up to the very front pew, because um, we'll come to that in a minute. But that's how we'll do it. Um, Chris Blake and I will be playing something reflective and saying something. I'll be saying something reflective over his reflective music. And we will immediately be into worship. There won't be time to come in and chit chat and uh, wait or any of that kind of stuff. Um, it will be reflective and you will be led out, probably maybe even singing on the way out. Um, it's, a, it's a service to God and the connection with one another will be minimal. Hence my announcement earlier that we need as a congregation to uh, continue. There's a lot of connection going on. There's a lot of people connecting, but we want to make sure everybody has an opportunity to connect, and we'll be thinking about that over the course of the next while. Safety of all members of Fitzroy is of our utmost priority as we come to attempt this gathering. So here are some of the things that you're going to have to uh, think about uh, as as we think about gathering. Uh, don't feel obliged to come. <clears throat> and in some ways, I'm encouraged by those who've just said, look, I'm in schools all week or I'm in hospitals. I'm a doctor. Um, I don't feel that I'm well enough of a few conditions. Um, please uh, don't feel it's the right time. Don't want to come to a service where there's nothing for the children. Um, please don't feel obliged to come and don't come 
if you have any symptoms. Now, some of the symptoms are runny nose, apparently. Well, if, if, if I went with that symptom, I would never have been at public worship in my entire life. But look at the symptoms. Ask yourself how you are. And is there any chance that you are carrying the virus? And if there's any chance that you have any symptoms, please uh, refrain from coming. If you're vulnerable and shielding, please don't think, oh, church is meeting. I have to go there. I think uh, that uh, that's probably a false view of what church gatherings are. But that's for another day. If you feel um, you're shielding, you're vulnerable, uh, please don't feel you have to come to church. Everyone. Uh, need, needs to wear a mask except the leaders at the front um, and there will be very few of us leaders at the front everybody else you have to wear a mask so please come with a mask and make sure you have that mask on there will be no rooms to go to around about so don't think um, oh I'll uh, juke in with the, the four-year-old and um, my my husband or wife will go into the welcome area with with the baby that there's no other rooms open um you might have to walk through the welcome area to get to the toilet we'll come to that in a moment but it's just the church building um there is no children's ministry there is no youth ministry if you bring children with you uh and be honest you know we've heard children before so don't feel that they might be too noisy as father jerry used to say the sound of children is the sound of the kingdom of god but just be aware, maybe for your own sanity, that there won't be any youth or children's ministry going on. I would wrap up um, all the doors and as many windows as we can, which are not many in the actual building, will be open. Um, maybe next week that'll be OK. Um, looking forward to January and February if we're still there. Um, <clears throat> so the, the, it'll not be warm. So please wrap up. Um, uh, accordingly um, for for that. Um, it, uh, and maybe if you're we're going to have to wait outside, um, you might need an umbrella or a, or a coat for that. Uh, you can't dash from the car into the church building. You're going to have to queue. We'll come to that in a minute. It will be a bit of a culture shock. We preached about that this morning. It's definitely going to be very different and you're definitely going to have to be disciplined. And, uh, it's going to be, you know, different. Um, you must book ahead. So 12 o'clock right now after the service, if I haven't talked too long, uh, send your email um, through to Roberta at fitzroy.org.uk uh, and book in. You will get an email back saying that you're in. And uh, if you're not in, you will be first in line for the 11th. Um, when you get an email back to say that you're in, you will be told some of this stuff, but you need to be outside the church at 10.45 Fitzroy, this is not going to be a time for turning up late. We're going, you know the way I said there'd be paradigm shifts and things we would learn in this wilderness experience? Well, one of them might be timekeeping because if you turn up late, you might not get in at all. We need to be there at 10.45. You will queue outside on both sides of the door at a two meter intervals and there will be stewards there to make sure that's done and there should be... <clears throat> two-meter interval signs on the ground. You will enter one at a time by stewards. Um, and you will enter, sorry, the, the building one at a time, and you will use your hand sanitizer, and you'll be tracked and traced so that we know what pew you're sitting in and therefore who around you, uh, if should get symptoms, we can tell people about that. Don't bring excess baggage with you. Uh, just come as easily and with as little as you can. 
you'll be guided by stewards to the next available seat. You will not be in your seat. Well, maybe by the luck of the draw you will be, but uh, or the providence of Calvin, but um, that's not how we're, we're planning it. You will be given your seat and we will fill from the front to the back. Stewards will be there to guide you on that. If you could, I was watching, uh, I knew I was going to do this this morning, and I was watching Michael McIntyre later last night, uh, late last night, and he said, uh, who tells children to go to the toilet? You know, you're someone, you said, I warned you, you should have went to the toilet before we left home. Um, I'm going to tell you that. You need to probably go to the toilet before you leave home. There's going to be the one toilet uh, under the stairs in the welcome area. Uh, That's the only one that's going to be available. And if you need to use that toilet, but we ask you that you do try to, you know, limit those journeys. And you will have to go back out of the church as you come in and round uh, through the welcome area and up to there. You will be guided by stewards to do that. And then you will leave through the welcome area door. So you will leave out of the building um, to my right and to the left uh, as you sit. And you will be led straight out through the door. There will be no loitering in the welcome area. There will be no tea and coffee. You will be led by a steward out the door and uh, and off the premises, as some might say. There will be an offering plate and a sanitizer at the door in the welcome area. So if you want to catch up with your offering, it will be there as a possibility. Sanitizer will be there. And then you will be off the, the premises. A lot of investment has gone into this. Uh, Steve Gregg has done things out of his skin and making our health and safety to the top uh, edge of this. Roberta has worked uh, diligently with him and uh, uh, it's going to be good to be back in some kind of way. And we will see then what happens as we go. So uh, the first thing, uh, you can watch this again if you like. Um, We will send you out an email that will tell you some of this stuff you need to apply. I'm going to nip off now. And if you're watching live, then at 12 midday today, you can start sending your emails to Roberta. She will not have, by the way, if you sent one at half 11, she's not going to read that one. So send another one at 12 o'clock and make sure that you're in for next Sunday morning. And I hope that next Sunday morning, I see you in Fitzroy um, at 11 o'clock. Online services, uh, sorry, not at 11 o'clock, at 10.45. Online services will continue as usual and nothing will be lost to that. Thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you next week.